Colin Sexton is apparently looking for quote-unquote starting guard money. And again, the Pistons are reported to be one of the main teams that are interested in his services. Is he a good fit with Kay Cunningham? We'll talk about that in today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Ben Online. Ben Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Ben Online, where the game starts. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. We have gained over like 300 subscribers over like just the past week and a half. We're on our road to 3,000 subscribers. So again, you want to find the best way to support the podcast, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. So, some NBA Finals, man. I'm recording this right after Game Two. That, that Finals, man. That man, Steph Curry is 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 one filthy man, dude. Warriors and five, man. You hear me call it here first. But anyways, Colin Sexton is back in the rumor mill with the Detroit Pistons. Uh, yesterday on Sunday, when you guys listen to this, um, it was reported that he is looking for starting guard money, and it was said that the Pistons again, and we've been. We, we already know this, but it was said again that the Pistons are one of the main teams who have been linked to wanting his services or potentially signing him in free agency as a restricted free agent. So we, we've actually had a few episodes talking about Colin Sexton. I believe the last one was like a month and a half ago. Uh, it was a, just a simply him, uh, t- uh, an entire episode just about him and whether he'd fit or whatever. But we're going to talk about it a little bit more today because I'm sure a lot of you guys probably didn't listen to that episode. We get some new listeners every single day. Uh, we're we're going to talk about it again. So. I, I've said multiple times, I don't believe that Colin Sexton is a great fit with Kay Cunningham. I'm not interested. I, I'm really not interested in signing him. Um, I've said this over and over to you guys. I'm honestly at the point now where if you're not going all out for DeAndre Aiden, I'd rather the Pistons just not make, try to make a big signing and just like make some low key signings. Like it doesn't have to be a bunch of minimum contract guys, but make some like lower key signs that don't cost 20 plus million dollars. Like I'm not interested in Jalen Brunson for real. I'm not interested in Colin Sexton. I'm not really interested in Miles Bridges. Like the only person I'm willing to overpay for and pay a lot of money to is DeAndre Aiden. Cause I believe he has the potential to grow into that contract. These other guys, I don't think they have the potential to grow into the, the, the kind of contract that they're looking for. Uh, but when it comes to Colin Sexton getting starting guard money, I'm, I'm assuming that means somewhere around 20 plus million dollars, 18 plus million dollars, somewhere around there. Uh, am I comfortable with the Pistons signing him to that? I, I don't know. Not really. I'm just not a believer in him as a as a as a starting player on a quality playoff team, contending team, playoff team. Um, and here's the reason why. So before I just start sounding like I'm shredding him, because I, I don't dislike Colin Sexton. I don't want to sound like I'm just hating on the dude. I definitely want to give him some props for where he is. And I said this on Twitter today too. There's if you want to give him one thing, there's definitely one thing that he has. And this dude can can get a bucket, he can score, and he can do it efficiently. I'm not going to count last season because he got hurt with that torn meniscus after 11 games, so I'm not counting anything that happened last season. His last fully healthy season, 2020-2021, he averaged 24.3 points a game. He shot 47% from the field, 37% from deep on four and a half attempts a game. 
50% on all two pointers. He got to the free throw line 6.4 times, which is pretty good volume uh, and shot 81% from the free throw line. He had a, a true shooting percentage of 57.3%. So the dude can score the ball. That's that's you can absolutely not take that away from him. He can score the ball and he can do it efficiently. He, he, he is a really efficient scorer, at least when it comes to last time we saw him at full strength, 2020, 2021 season, that's a whole topic for another day, whether you trust him coming off injury to be that same type of player with how explosive he is, how quick his first step is, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm not even going to touch base with that because it, that, that will take us a whole different direction. Obviously we're assuming that he's going to be coming back full strength, but outside of that, he has a lot of holes in his game. Um, I've told you guys the story multiple times on this podcast, but for those of you guys who haven't heard this story, I'll tell you it again. I was credentialed for the 1920 season and something that I'll, I'll always remember is I was at LCA for the game against a game against the Cavaliers. And this was when there was a bunch of people talking about, oh, he's not pass. Context is not a passer. He's not passing the ball. He's actively missing wide open dudes. His teammates don't want to play with them, blah, blah. And obviously I hadn't watched a lot of Cleveland Cavaliers games. So I, I was interested to see how it worked. And I kid you not on multiple occasions, I watched him just pass up wide open players. I watched his teammates get furious over it. I watched Kevin Love whip the ball at him once and literally just stop playing defense because he was getting missed wide open. There was some bunch of like other little tinier, tiny details that happened in that game that I, I've told before in the podcast I thought were really funny. But my overall point was in that game, I saw that. And it definitely, I, I you could very clearly see what people were talking about. Now that was in 2020, 2021. That's, or 2019-2020. So that's two years ago. Has he gotten better in that department? Yeah, he's gotten a little bit better, but he's not a good playmaker by any means. He's not like some great playmaker. Um, last time we saw him at full strength, he averaged four and a half assists a game, which was a career high for him. That's a decent step in the right direction, but it's not like he's some big playmaker. He definitely made a stride in that area, though, so I will give him credit for getting better at it, but he's not some great passer, and he's definitely a more of a – I don't want to say a ball hog, but he definitely is looking to get his. He's not looking to pass the ball. Passing is like a third option to him. Score, draw the foul to try to score, and then, like, pass. So that's a problem in and of itself. And then secondly, he's a really bad defender. Really bad. We had Bryce Simon on the podcast, I believe, on that episode we did about him like a month and a half ago. And he talked about a film breakdown that he did. Uh, Bryce Simon is the host of the Piston Pulse Detroit Free Press podcast. Uh, you guys probably know him better as Motor City Hoops. Um, he did a full breakdown into his defense. And I, I, I tell you this. He is not good defensively. He's actively a negative asset defensively. Like the way people talk about Marvin Bagley, Colin Sexton is the guard version of that. People, you know, I, there's a misconception about him defensively because of that video of him in college when he's like clamping his fist. I actually, college was in summer league. I, I forget which one, but either way, when he's clamping his fist and he's like flexing and he's like breathing hard, playing defense up top. Like, and now everyone thinks that he's just some like bulldog defensively. No, he's not. He's awful. He's horrific defensively. So he's not very good defensively, actually horrific. He's not looking to pass very often. He takes the ball and monopolizes the ball a ton. So how, how well of a fit could that be next to Kay Cunningham? I, I don't know. I just don't see how that could be a great fit. And I'm not interested in paying him 20-plus million dollars coming off the torn meniscus, especially to a guy that I'm just not sure would fit with Kay Cunningham. And when we come back, we'll talk about another reason why I just don't believe he's going to fit with K Cunningham. And this reason right here will really speak to just to how just how questionable it is 
that it could work. Jalen Brunson, I think, could fit next to K. I think Jalen could fit next to K. I just don't think he would be a good, like, a great signing. I could understand his signing. I at least think that they would fit together because he fit with Luca. I think they would do some good things together offensively. That is, I still have some questions. You guys know I like to switch across the board defense the Pistons have currently. I don't really want to go away from that. So, but my point is, Jalen Brunson, I can see the fit there. Con Sexton, I just don't. And when we come back, we'll talk about some more numbers that will show you guys just how questionable of a fit that is for me. But first, I have to tell you guys about another one of our sponsors. And this one is what this episode is brought to you guys by. That's Bear Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL hockey, conference finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is a continuous source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about their trends in action today and like i said it's not just basketball it's not just baseball again it is boxing it is football when it comes back it's golf hockey horse racing martial arts soccer tennis and much much more and looking ahead to game three of the nba finals they have the golden state warriors as a plus 135 underdog in boston i'm smashing plus 135 i think golden state wins that i think golden state goes on to win this in five wins four straight you hear it here first but that's the kind of thing you can do over at benline.net again Make sure you're checking out their website today or using your mobile device to learn more about their trends and action today. Bell line, where the game starts. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you have not already, head to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. Best way to support the podcast on the road to 3,000 subscribers. Continuing to show Lockdown to be the best and fastest growing fan base at the Lockdown Network. I would really appreciate it. Um, we, we've talked about Colin Sexton, obviously, all episode. And, and like I said, there's another episode going a month and a half ago. I'll probably link it in the, in the, in the bio below if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast version, just scroll down and look for the Colin Sexton titled episode. If you want even more deep dive into it, I believe we had Bryce Simon on. I believe we also had someone else on talking about him. Um, but if you, want, you guys want some more, uh, talk about Colin Sexton, you guys can definitely go check that one out. Um, but like I said, the fit with Kay Cunningham is very questionable. And I talked about because of his defense and how he would hurt them defensively, uh, how he's not really looking to pass. But this right here is the, is the main reason. I just, I'm not a believer in him being a fit with Kay Cunningham. Last time we saw him full strength, that Colin Sexton, that is. This dude had a usage rate of 29.7%. Now, that is insanely high. Like, that's, that's, that's really high. And I could go to other superstars, you know, and compare it to other superstars' YouTube rate so you guys would understand just how high that is and just how much he's having the ball in his hands in determining offensive possessions. Or I could simply go to Kay Cunningham, who also had the ball in his hands. I think we would all say a, a pretty damn a lot. And who is going to have the ball in his hands? Probably, which from what we've heard in quotes from Dwayne Casey and Troy Weaver, and how we watched them play towards the end of the year, they're going to want the ball in his hands even more than last year. Kate Cunningham had a usage rate of 27.5%. So, for your main star, your franchise player, and a guy who already had the ball in his hands a lot more, and who we're assuming from what we've been told in exit interviews and in the offseason is going to have the ball in his hands probably even more 
going to next year, or at least around that same area, you're talking about bringing a guy onto the team who last time we saw him at full strength was nearly three percentage points higher in usage rate. Like, it it just isn't a good fit. And another number to back this up, last time we saw him, full strength, 2020-2021 season, Count Sexton overall offensively, according to Synergy, they had him in the 62nd percentile on 1.1 on 1.01 points per possession overall on all points per all his points all his possessions in offense in totality they have him in the 62nd percentile. If you scroll down, you will see how is he getting. It, it shows you, you know, you guys have seen me use the synergy charts before. It shows you guys just how is he getting it done. What's the play types, transition, uh, pick and roll, spot up, isolation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It goes down and down. It shows you the amount of possessions he used in each play type to get the points he was getting and how he did in each one, et cetera. You know, the, the person you want next to Kay Cunningham, I'm assuming you'd like to be, you know, somewhat of a spot-up guy. Someone who can do stuff with the ball in his hands, but also really thrives off ball. And Pai is, you know, most of his game you'd have to assume would be off ball, like to be honest. This is how it is. You're not going to have the ball more than Kay Cunningham in his office. It's just not going to happen. However, Colin Sexton, I'll give you guys like one guess to go ahead and guess what his main play type was during his last fully healthy season. His last fully healthy season, it was not transition, which he had 211 possessions of. It was not spot up, which he actually had 209 possessions of. It wasn't even isolation, where he had 148 possessions. It was pick and roll ball handler, where he had... Listen to me clearly here, where he had 528 possessions worth of possessions as the pick and roll ball handler. I'm going to say it again, 528 possessions as the pick and roll ball handler. That is a ton, a ton of possessions ending with you with the ball in their hands, either starting or ending with you having the ball in your hands in the pick and roll and deciding how that play goes to give you guys an idea of just how much that is. Cade this past season had 498 possessions as a pick and roll ball handler. Kyle Sexton had more than that by nearly four. What was it? 40, 30, 30 possessions, 30 possessions more than Cade did in the pick and roll ball hand as a pick and roll ball handler. Last time we saw him fully healthy. I don't see how it works. I, I don't, I don't see it. Now I will I'll say this maybe Troy Weaver and and the coaching staff in the front office are, are talking themselves into the fact last time we saw him fully healthy 2020 2021 season he finished in the 83rd percentile and as a spot up shooter he was averaging 1.17 points per possession in spot up situations as a catching shooter he was in the 89th percentile scoring 1.3 points per possession and I can't lie that's pretty damn good that's actually excellent that is excellent However, it's not coming on a lot of volume. It's not. It's not coming on a lot of volume. For example, he had 136 possessions where he was a catch and shooter. He had 339 possessions that ended with him not in the pick and roll ball handler, not with him taking taking a layup or something. He had 339 possessions of jump shots off the dribble. He like he doesn't have a lot of volume as a as a catch and shooter, as a spot up player, as a lot of as a, as an off ball player. He does a lot standing around. He's not going to cut to the rim. He's not going to move around. Last time we saw him fully healthy in eighty two games, he cut to the basket precisely seventy one times. It says here, 
He had 71 possessions where he cut to the basket. He's not a good off-ball player. If you want to talk yourselves into the fact he shot so well on catch-and-shooting opportunities, then okay, I guess. But that's not a lot of volume to go off of. All the evidence that we have, all the numbers that we have, all the film that we have, suggests that Colin Sexton needs the ball in his hands to be successful. This is not like a like I mentioned earlier. This is not a Jalen Brunson scenario where he's good with the ball in his hands. He can fit with the or let me restart that. He's good with the ball in his hands, but he's also good off ball. He knows how to play off ball. He knows how to play with a guy who monopolizes the ball a lot, a la Luka Doncic and what it sounds like the Pistons are going to try to do at least a little bit with K. You want to, the Pistons want a guy. It's very clear. They want a guy next to K who can get buckets, but they also want a guy next to K who can take some of the pressure off of him. They don't want K to have the ball entirely, it seems like. But they also don't want a guy who is not a good passer and needs the ball in his hands entirely. Like, you need a guy who's able to balance both of those. That's who the perfect fit is next to K, who can play off ball, can play on ball, but doesn't need the ball in his hands every possession to be successful. All the evidence points to Colin Sexton being that type of player. He needs the ball in his hands. It's just very clear. So, I mean, if a Pistons front office and everyone wants to talk themselves into that low value of him as an off-ball shooter, then go ahead. I won't lie. It was great numbers. He did very well in the limited amount of opportunities, and maybe he gets better. Maybe maybe he shoots that well with more volume. And in that case, it would be great. There you go. But I highly doubt that's going to be the case because I don't think Colin Sexton wants to play like that. Colin Sexton is not going to take a backseat role. He, this is how he thinks of himself. He thinks of himself as an elite scorer. He thinks he's obviously worth starting guard money. I don't know if everyone would want to pay him that kind of starting guard money. It's going to be interesting how it goes. But I just don't think he – I think everything I've brought to the table to you guys here suggests that could he be a good fit? Like maybe you could talk yourself into it. That's what it sounds like. You can talk yourself into it, and if you squint your eyes a little bit, you can see how he could be a good fit. But if that's who you're paying $20 million to, you shouldn't be going after him. If you have to squint your eyes at him and say, okay, well, I can see how he can fit, he shouldn't be the fit. The guy who should be fitting next to K-Cunning, you, you should be able to identify and be like, yep, I see how he can fit. It may blow up. Like, any signing may blow up. But you should be able to look at a guy and be like, I can see how that fits. It makes sense. We're going to go for it. If it doesn't work out, then it is what it is. At least our, at least our you know, the, the add-up, the math to get to that point made sense. To me, this math doesn't make sense. Getting to the overall point that kind of sucks and fits with Cade for sure, it doesn't make sense. I don't see how you're adding up everything and getting to that conclusion. I, I don't see how that's the case. If you guys think differently, let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. Again, I just don't see I, I don't see the argument there. I don't see how you get to that you know that conclusion. I can see how you can squint and say, okay, if they do it, okay, I can see how maybe they can try to make it work. Maybe it can work. But that's just going to be us trying to talk ourselves into why it makes sense. If you're, you know, trying to be objective, I, I, I seriously just don't see how you arrive at the conclusion that a player with the numbers I just brought to you guys would be a good fit next to Kay Cunningham. Again, and that's that's not even talking about his holes as a defender, as a passer. That's simply how he likes to play offensively. Take everything else into consideration. I don't see how you arrive at the conclusion he should be the pick or he should be the signing. But it is what it is. When we come back, I'm going to tell you guys about some things that happened in Lockdown's ultimate mock draft, that, which is going down currently. Some of the issues that I ran into, and we'll compare it to some real-life situations and see just how realistic what I went through could possibly become. But first, you guys got to hear from some of our lovely sponsors. 
So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. On our way to 3,000 subscribers, continuing to show Lockdown. We're the best and fastest growing fan base at the Lockdown Network. So again, Lockdown Pistons, hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. So enough to count six and talk. Actually, probably not enough uh, enough with that. We'll probably talk about him again at some point. Uh, it's a long offseason. Even though the draft's coming up soon, guys. The draft is coming up soon. We're less than 20 days away from the draft. It's coming up fast, man. I'm really liking the NBA Finals. My Golden State Warriors, man, my Steph fan, they blew that fourth quarter. But, you know, if they wouldn't have blown that fourth quarter, this Finals should be would have been over with quickly, and we could get straight into the Pistons offseason. But they have to troll that fourth quarter, the flukest quarter I've ever witnessed in my entire life by a basketball team. Uh, anyways, enough with the NBA Finals. My point is, the NBA draft is coming soon. That's really relevant to the Pistons. And Locked On had a Locked On Ultimate Mock Draft. I'm not going to tell you guys who I picked because we're going to have an episode where I simply published the Locked On Ultimate Draft. You can see what happens, you know, the talks that took place, how people arrived at this scenarios, trades that took place, moving up, down, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to have that episode. Last year, you guys really liked it. I think it's going to be even more fun this year when you guys hear it. I, I really thought this year was even more fun. I thought more stuff happened. People really had a lot more fun with it. I, I really think you guys are going to enjoy it. But – I want to talk about some something that I really ran into a problem with. And we're going to talk we're going to, I want to hear from you guys actually. How realistic do you guys think this problem could be come NBA draft time? Now, obviously the Pistons had number 5. I did not trade out number 5. I'll go ahead and spoil that to you guys. I don't think anyone expected that to happen. I did not trade out number 5. But I spent the next 4 days and today today being what 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 what's today? When you guys listen to this, it'll be the sixth. So look at the sixth going on five days of me trying to trade Jeremy Grant for a lottery pick, trying to trade Jeremy Grant for a first round pick, trying to trade Jeremy Grant in general on draft night. I've spent five days, five days trying to trade Jeremy Grant to another team to get a first round pick or just simply make a trade. And I've gotten laughed at and hit a brick wall time and time and time and time again. I'll go ahead and give you guys some examples of some things I try to get done here. So obviously we tried to get something done with the Portland Trailblazers at seven. It did not work out. I'm not going to spoil for what happened at number seven. I'll simply say this. Portland didn't end up making that pick at seven. You guys will see who they ended up picking and deciding to go with instead of Jeremy Grant. But I tried to go at seven. It didn't work out. We had some preliminary talks about number four. That didn't work out. So two teams right there off the board. I was trying to get into contact with the Wizards. Didn't even return my calls. Didn't even return any calls, man. Didn't even return calls. 12, tried to get into contact with the Thunder. Didn't even get my calls returned. Didn't even get my trade offers returned or, or answered, really. It was just a, It just got ignored. Then we get to the Charlotte Hornets. I made an offer to the Charlotte Hornets. The offer that we talked about on the podcast, I believe, last week of Gordon Hayward and 13 and 15 for Jeremy Grant. Offered that. Was laughed at. Told Was told absolutely not. They tried offering 13 and 15 for, and or they tried offering 13 and Hayward for Jeremy and something else. And I had to say no to that because that's just not good value. So we were out with the Hornets, who also, by the way, I'll go ahead and spoil this. I won't tell you where they went, 
But they also ended up making a trade with those picks. They didn't take those picks. I mean, they didn't make those picks. They traded with someone else. So you guys will then see again who they decided to go with. So those are multiple teams right there that I just wasn't able to even get a get, get a deal with. The Hawks tried to get in contact with the Hawks. Hawks ignored me. The Bulls laughed at me. I tried to get in the contact with the Bulls for 18. Bulls laughed at me. Tried to make a deal with the Memphis Grizzlies, who at 22 and 29, I offered Jeremy Grant for 22, 29, and Dylan Brooks. Got laughed at. Told me no. They countered with 22 and Dylan Brooks for Jeremy Grant. I was considering it, and before I could even give them my answer, I got hit with, actually, never mind, Jeremy Grant ain't worth all that. We don't want him. So I wasn't even able to make a deal with the Memphis Grizzlies. And then our final trade talk that we had was with the Dallas Mavericks at 26. And the Dallas Mavericks offered us 26 and Tim Hardaway Jr. for Jeremy Grant. And Tim Hardaway Jr. being 30 years old, on a three who has three years left on a de-escalating contract, which is good, but 30 years old with three years left on his contract going 19, 18, 17 million dollars a year, coming off an injury, taking up some money in the cap books long term. This didn't make sense for a late round pick as well in, a, in what people are calling a weak draft. Didn't make sense. So then I countered with 26 THJ in a, fir- a future first round, albeit protected first round pick. They laughed at us, said absolutely not. So there's, there's how my talks went with Jeremy Grant on trade night. I couldn't get a single draft I, I mean, or an extra draft pick for Jeremy Grant. I couldn't get it done. I, I couldn't get anyone to want Jeremy Grant. Couldn't get anyone to give us the lottery pick for Jeremy Grant without them trying to ask for another piece or asset with Jeremy Grant. I, it, it was tough. I couldn't get it done. And I'm telling you guys, we are going on day five of me trying to get something done. And it just hasn't, been, hasn't even come close. I haven't, I haven't gotten close to being able to get a deal done with Jeremy Grant on draft night. So this begs the question, would the Pistons also run into the same type of problem on draft night with trading Jeremy Grant? Possibly. Because one of the things I ran into and realized by trying to do this as like a trying to be the de facto GM for Lockdown Pistons, for the Pistons in this Lockdown mock draft, is that a lot of these teams that could potentially want Jeremy Grant just don't, like, for example, the Warriors. I had talks with the Warriors. The Warriors wanted Jeremy Grant, and I was going to try to get James Wiseman. And we were having some nice talks about it. But we ended up just realizing that we couldn't get contracts to match. It just wasn't going to happen. Contracts couldn't get matched, and we just had to end the talks. So teams like that that could want Jeremy, the contracts just, contracts just won't match. So along with that, a lot of these lottery teams that have a lottery pick that are willing to move think they could get someone better than Jeremy Grant with those lottery picks. And they probably can. At least they did in the lockdown mock draft. And it sounds like rumors are saying they're trying to do it in real life too. So I, I, I think the Pistons really could run into some major problems unless, like, these teams, like, stifle, absolutely say no to these other lottery teams and make them go to their third, fourth option, which will be Jeremy Grant. But, man, I ran into some trouble with trying to trade Jeremy Grant, man. Man, some trouble, dude. I couldn't get it done. I couldn't get I was shocked. I could have swore I was going to walk away with the second lottery pick or three lottery picks. Like I, I Or not three lottery picks, but three first-round picks at least. I thought I was going to get something, man. I couldn't get a damn thing. It was tough, dude. It was tough. So, I don't know. We're going to see how it goes. Um, it doesn't sound like the Pistons are as eager eager as I am to move Jeremy Grant. So, maybe they won't even try to go through all the hoops I was going through to try to trade him. But, nonetheless, they're going to try to trade him at, at least a little bit and see if they can get what they want for him. I just, it, it, It's going to be interesting. I don't know if they'll be able to get it off because I sure as hell could not get anything going. So, we'll see how it goes. Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. 
Do you guys think that I was crazy with some of these trade offers? Do you think other teams are crazy for declining us? Or do you think it sounds about right that the Pistons are probably going to have trouble moving Jeremy Grant on draft night? Again, let me know that. Comment section down below or over on Twitter at Cooper Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. Make sure you guys are going and checking out Lockdown NBA Big Board. Host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, player rankings, and of course the Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Again, thank you guys for listening today. Make sure you guys check out Lockdown Pistons YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. We're going Warriors in five. Challenge me in the comments if you want. We can go ahead, go ahead and have a friendly bet. If some of you guys want to take me up on it, I got, you know, eight cases to do on that with one of my friends in Chicago. We got some stuff going on. You feel me? If you guys want to get involved in some of that, we can go ahead and have some fun with it. Comment section down below or hit me up on Twitter at Cooper Hill. But until the next time, I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody. Stay safe. Enjoy the finals. I'll see you guys next time.